0: hi guys this is ben from Back for fpl and you are listening to our eighth podcast of the season in this episode i'm going to run through my team and how it did in game week seven uh, explore the value of playing uh, planning ahead with a few enticing fixture swings coming up and preview my team and the transfer plans i've got ahead of tomorrow's deadline now It's important to note that tomorrow's deadline is the earliest it's been so far this season um, at 4pm. So don't forget it. Make sure you put a reminder in your phone um, and do your transfers this evening to avoid missing it. Firstly though, congratulations to James Adams with his Eze-like Sunday morning team uh, receiving the highest score in the Bat for FPL Mini League this week. Uh, He got 74 points uh, and uh, with Grealish getting 15 points, Vardy getting 14 uh, Salah getting eight, and that would be his captain as well, so it gave him a grand total of 16. It was obviously an impressive lineup, um, and particularly considering uh, he, he got more bo- a lot of more bench points through Bellerin, who got 12, and Cody, who got six sitting on his bench. So um, well done to James. Uh, it'll be interesting to see how you do this week with no Spurs assets ahead of um, a plum fixture against West Brom. But uh, best of luck, uh, and I hope you keep this run going, obviously. Um, So for me in game week seven, I scored a total of 71 points and gained a healthy green arrow, which brought me back to the top 100k, which is where obviously I feel like I I should belong, um, certainly after the good start that I I had. So it was nice to rectify that kind of horrible game week six red arrow that I had. Um, But it was a week of ups and downs, really. It it really was, with uh, Rodriguez um, getting injured, Ancelotti saying that he'd uh, not play. So I transferred him out for Pulisic, and then uh, I saw Pulisic in the starting lineup. I was out in um, out in Chichester doing some shopping, um, some some shopping that obviously I won't be doing for a while now with uh, with the um, with the lockdown starting. But I, I saw that he was starting. I thought happy days, um, and I uh, I, I kind of left it, left my phone. Looked later and saw that he um, he'd got himself injured during the warm up. And uh, not only had I just brought in a injured player, but he wasn't even going to get me any points for this game week either. So that was obviously extremely frustrating, and I, I wasn't best best pleased. But then Lamptey came on anyway and got me nine points off the bench. So um, for Pulisic, so it wasn't really too bad in the end. Um, so I guess a, a slice of good fortune there, and, and you'll see later as well. I did have a bit of um, a bit of luck as well with a couple of my strikers this week too. So overall, I had Martinez um, blank with zero points. Um, who I still feel I, I feel he he should do okay over christmas because he's got a lovely fixture run um I guess I'm a little concerned with Villa defensively but um James Ward-Prowse was just on another level he was such a good free kick taker um last week so I'm hoping that's just a one off and that Villa kind of shore up a little bit more defensively Chilwell and Dallas both got me 6 points um I think Chilwell looks the best defender in the league um to be honest at the moment and uh, uh not not in terms of best defender in 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 the premier league per se but in terms of FPL the game of FPL I think he's the best option to to own right now he's he easily could have scored um and assisted in the game uh, against burnley so you know I'm really happy with him moving forwards um it, you know mendy I think since he's come in has kept six clean sheets on the bounce six successive clean sheets and hasn't actually let a goal in yet for chelsea so to have a chelsea defender is really really beneficial um, I see some people moving towards the double up, so that might be something I'll consider later down the line. Um but certainly having Chilwell is 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 a real is a real plus for me right now. Dallas obviously was a bit of a fluke this week. Um for those who missed it, he crossed the ball in and it was one of those I guess where um, nobody really picked up the ball and Smichel misjudged it. Um, and it kind of bounced in front of him, went into the far corner. So obviously he, he he got the he got the points, he got the goal, even though it wasn't really intentional. But I'll, you know I'm going to take those points and run with it. Um, particularly considering that the ailing owners got a big fat zero, um, despite probably looking better, to be honest, throughout the game from an attacking point of view. So um, well done Dallas for getting me those points. Obviously, Robertson blanked again with um, with two points, and he's now firmly on the chopping block for me. I, I think. You know, it's it's difficult because you know, I don't I, I don't I don't I'm not stubborn with the, with FPR. I'm happy to make change my mind, but I know I did this last season and I started with both of them. They didn't do particularly well and I then I went off Liverpool and then they kept was it like seven clean sheets on the bounce. So I'm a bit apprehensive, but this this year, you know, Van Dyke's out, you've got to move with the times and it just seems like Liverpool aren't gonna be as solid defensively this season. So I don't think I'm gonna do it this week, but um you know, because I feel, uh, I feel like taking, um, you know, taking making some other moves this week. I don't feel he's he's essential necessarily this week. And Sods Law, he'd go and get uh, a massive haul against City if I took him out this week anyway. Knowing knowing FPL, but unless I see a significant improvement in the next few weeks, I don't think I'm going to be keeping him long term. Um, just because I feel that the money will probably be better spent elsewhere. Uh, as I already mentioned, Lamptey got me nine points uh, for his goal. Um, that he scored but obviously now he's a minor doubt for this week and although I don't think it will affect me too much um, I have got the luxury of having um, a lot of decent playing defenders with good fixtures and thanks to my wild card a few weeks ago so I I just feel with Lamptey a little bit that he, he quite often doesn't last 90 minutes he comes or he comes off because of little niggles and injuries and Potter is is quite unpredictable in terms of his his um his his methods sometimes, particularly this week, you know, with more pay and and, and Ryan not even uh, getting a look in. So um, I might consider moving him on if I feel that Masuaku and Dallas are going to do the business. Um, and certainly, you know, if he's injured, granted, it's probably not going to be for for the long term. But I feel that um, I feel that perhaps at 4.7 million, I can I can get some extra money there. Um, Salah scored eight points, which obviously was very consistent. Uh, you know, in hindsight, I should have captained him um, over the Spurs boys. Um, Son was the player that I went for, but you know, I just fancy Brighton to leave more space in behind. And um, and you know, as it happened, Son wasn't very effective at all, and it looked like um, you know, it looked like of of all the players, um, Kane was probably the more likely to, to, to score a- a- again. But um, you know what? Sometimes you make the, the wrong captaincy call. It is the for me the thing I find the hardest in the game. Um, is making that right decision. Um, particularly when it's such an even split between, you know, like we had this week, like Salah, Kane and Son were all pretty um we're pretty kind of even in terms of uh, you know, it's a three way coin flip. So um It did make a massive difference in the end, obviously. You know, Salah didn't go and bag a hat-trick. So, you know, the fact that it was only um, eight points for Salah was kind of ideal for me in my position. You know, I got the eight points for him in my team, but I didn't um, get completely punished for going for Son in the the captaincy. So, um, Mo kind of turning it out for me again. I'm really happy with um, with that return. Son still obviously excites me. Like, how can he not? He's been so good this season. And I think that he you know he's allowed the odd blank because he tends to score in bunches if he if he gets a goal it tends to be you know or he, if he scores FPL points it tends to be um massive hauls with sort of 17 18 pointers as opposed to just 9 8 or 9 so um i'm happy to keep him obviously but it's important to note that spurs fixtures really do turn after the west brom game this week and i'll mention it later in the podcast but i'm 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 kind of considering selling um, him way down the line i think kane will probably be the first to go um but but you know unless Son can prove to me that he's an absolute season keeper i probably will be at least open to the idea of selling him um has got me 15 points um and obviously some have said that it's lucky for him to score so late on and get them you know at the death but for me uh, and I, I appreciate you know people. Might completely disagree with me. You can say in the comments or, or let me know on on social media if you completely disagree with me. But I, I'm looking at Grealish. as one of the best players in the league at the moment, not just in terms of FPL, but also in terms of his just general play. He's so informed It's for me an absolute no-brainer having him at you know sub eight million because I think he's producing more more points than than you know, the sorts of like Chelsea assets that we're looking at here and and the Manchester United assets. So. For me, I'm so happy I've got him. I'm pleased I jumped on him when I did, and um, and obviously he's he's destined to do quite a lot. I'd hope with with the nice fixture run that um, the Aston Villa have have coming up. Um, and then finally, my front line. I had two late goals from Watkins and Calvert Lewin. That's kind of the lucky bit that I was referring to earlier. I kind of I kind of accepted that they were going to be blanks, to be honest. And then when I checked my phone. Um, you know, obviously, I was really happy to see that Calvert Lewin had scored, and then I was absolutely blown away. I was so shocked by Watkins taking that penalty. I was very much assuming that it would be Barkley, and if not, Grealish. Um, but the fact that Watkins has been given the nod on penalties has completely changed my transfer plans moving forward. I was very, very, you know, very much considering getting Watkins out for Antonio. Just shows how things change. Now Antonio is injured. Watkins is is the penalty taker at Villa, so. With his amazing fixtures over Christmas, I can't really see much uh, in it um, between him and the other six to seven million forwards. So I just don't feel like I'm going to waste a transfer on it. I think you know some will go for Bamford, some will go for Wilson, who I think looks a great option now. But you know, in with with your six million forwards, I think it's best to just pick one, stick at it. Um, for me, particularly, that the fact that Watkins is on penalties means he's going to be getting more points. Um, for me anyway than he would have been if he is if he if he wasn't and um and and then you can kind of maximize your transfers with other um with other more exciting picks, you know, like swapping around the likes of, you know, De Bruyne's to Sterlings, to Kane's to Agueros, those sorts of players who you're gonna be kind of rotating for captaincy. So that's my um that's my plan. I think the only downside um, you know, is that if Villa do absolutely nothing like they did in game week six for me then I'm in real trouble because I've got two well I've got triple up really I've got Martinez and then I've got Grealish and um, Watkins but that, that attacking double up particularly um, is it could prove problematic Because if Grealish doesn't play particularly well then you're almost guaranteed for Watkins to have a bad game as well and then they will both blank so something I've got to consider um, but right now I'm really happy with Watkins and and then finally, Harry Kane. You know, got me solid six points. Most people would, would have been, you know, quietly happy. I think with that that return as captain. Unfortunately, I didn't have him there. But um, you know, I'll I'll start by saying that he's my captain for this week. Um, you know, it's going to be a a podcast with a lot of um kind of explaining of my future plans. So something I don't want to focus on too much is my captaincy this week. Don't want to overthink it. West Brom's the sort of fixture that I feel he could he, he could get a lot of chances in. So. He hopefully should have a have a free-scoring game and maybe you know get a penalty. Um, if he can if he can deliver one of those, then then we'll be in really good shape. So as I mentioned earlier, I'm going to spend some time in this section talking about planning and why it's so important. You know, lots of people will say that you can't over-plan too much. You can't um, consider the future in too much depth because things change. And yes, whilst it's true that you know the injuries. in suspensions that we sometimes get you know like the like you know like Danny Ings this week or Antonio um you know it's always good to see where you're going and um how your team is is going to end up in the future I often look about a month ahead about four game weeks ahead just to try and and kind of decipher where I'm going and how to get to my perfect team as you were and most of the time, you never get there, but it's always good to to have that in the back of your head, particularly if you're like me and you've you've used your wild card, or you don't have one in the back pocket. Um, so the first thing to think about with planning in the short term is that after this game week, we've got an international break, and obviously with an international break coming up, um, I've learned personally this season, not even on last season, but this season that it's best to keep your transfers back until the very last minute you know if you remember last time i made two transfers early and and ended up taking an extra minus eight hit once de bruyne was out and i brought someone in for him um and in the end that kind of encouraged me to wildcard because i thought you know there are quite a few issues in my team um not issues per se but little things that i want to um to amend and to change and i felt like jumping on um some of the the assets at that time was was beneficial. Unfortunately, it worked out really well because I got on Harry Kane, I got on another, you know, on a number of other form players as well. Um, but this time, with this international break, I won't be able to do that because because um, I don't have a wild card, so I've got to be more cautious. And I think something that I've definitely learned is is making sure I keep my transfers back. So um, I'd say ideally, although it's you know not always possible, it's best to keep two free transfers um, for game week nine. So that you can navigate your way through uh, the international break that little bit easier. Um, remember, we're starting a national lockdown. You know, we've started it today, so COVID breakouts are going to be perhaps worse. Some people maybe contest that point, but I think there's that the likelihood that a few players might get the um, get have to self isolate. We've heard from um, that Havertz is going to uh, have to in the next, um, or certainly this game week, but perhaps. Um, perhaps when, when we get back as well so uh, it's important to kind of have two free transfers i think f- to have that utmost flexibility i feel you know you could always take a hit over the international break that's not a problem at all um but if you're in a position where you don't really need to make a transfer this week then it might be a good idea to save it um also planning the fixture swings is crucial and this is something that i've Spent a lot of time this week thinking about more probably than I have even my game week eight team. Um, You know, I know some people favour inform players or form over fixtures, regardless of who they're playing. But for me, the reason why players do well is because they're playing good oppositions more more often than not. You know, the reason Spurs have done so well, for example, is that their fixtures have been really good for the first portion of this season. So you know, no discredit to them at all. They've still had to go out and win those games, but we're unlikely to see them put five or six past the likes of um, Liverpool, Chelsea, and and City. You know, um, particularly Chelsea and City, who've looked quite strong defensively this season. So, um, you know, it's important that we're we're utilising fixture swings so that we have the opportunity to jump on and off those players when when they come up to tricky posi- uh, opposition. So, to be clear, Spurs have. After West Brom, they've got Man City, Chelsea, Arsenal, Crystal Palace, which seems like an easy game, but remember Hodgson likes to set them up really, really deep and they can they can be quite strong against um, against anyone, really. You don't really see them on the back of many 5-6 nil losses. So, City, Chelsea, Arsenal, Palace, Liverpool, Leicester and Wolves in their next seven after West Brom. So, you know, we, I've got Kane and Son, I'm really happy to own them, they've been amazing up until this point, but i definitely won't want a double up in in, in that spell. Absolutely not. I think the max I'll want is one. Even if they look like they're in title-winning form, I just can't see why I would jeopardise a spot in my team or two spots in my team when I could get the likes of a City forward or a Liverpool midfielder or something like that. So for me right now, Son's safer than Kane um, in my side because I feel that the counter-attacking potential Son offers... Um, will will kind of be more fruitful than Kane, really. And the, the way Mourinho tends to set up against the big teams, it, he'll probably look to hit them on the break, which kind of suits Son. So at the moment, Kane is the one that I'm considering getting rid of. Um, but, but who knows, I might change my mind down the line. What's great as well, for those who haven't noticed, with Spurs' poor run of, of fixtures, is that it coincides with a great run for Man City, um and remember they should have jesus back to full fitness then um once the international break has finished and aguero will probably be nearing a return as well but you know obviously aguero has been in and out for a while now so we can't be certain of that but i'm hoping that we'll get not just city in game week 10 but we'll get city at their best when they've got a full you know full fully fledged team or at least a number nine star striker to kind of to focus around um It could be as simple as trading Kane and Son for Sterling and Jesus, for example, you know, if you've got that money in the bank. Um, But personally, I'm also really tempted by Vardy in game week 10 against Fulham. And he also has Sheffield United and Brighton after that. So for me, I'm probably going to be going for a three-way substitution if I can bank two transfers that week to take a minus four. In game week 10, go Kane... Robertson and Pulisic, but obviously it probably won't be Pulisic at that point. I'll probably made swapped him out by that point. But those three positions in my team: Kane, Robertson, Pulisic for Cancelo or Diaz, whichever City defender I'm, I'm feeling at the time. De Bruyne and Vardy, which would mean a minus four, and it would give me two free. Uh, which which obviously would mean I would have the team that I would uh, I would want in game week ten. Now just to be clear, Manchester City play Burnley then they play fulham then they play united which obviously is a derby game it's it's never easy and united do quite well against city or did last year but again you look at the form that they're in right now man united and you 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 you'd favor city or at least I, I would so that's burnley fulham man united and west brom in four games and i feel that is a, a, a moment that you or a fixture run that you can't ignore as a fancy manager and for me, I'm going to definitely want at least two City players in that run, probably one defender and one attacker to start with, maybe even if they're, if they're free scoring and winning sort of 5-6-0 every game. I might even consider getting, um, getting a triple up and getting two attackers as well. So that's my plan. The only issue with that, and you'll find this out in my transfer plans later on, is that I would need an extra 0.1 million in order to make that move. Um, and it's kind of playing on my mind now. So um, it's again, that just shows the importance of planning. If I hadn't looked ahead to that, then I may not have um, prepared myself for that eventuality. I may not have taken the money out where I needed it. So um, sometimes it's really important to to plan ahead just to see what your ideal moves would be. You know I, know, I know who I would sacrifice in that. I would sacrifice Cancelo and Diaz. You know, I'd end up getting a cheaper defender if I didn't have the money to do so but you know if, if I didn't look ahead I wouldn't have that clear picture of the, the perfect team that I'm aiming for um, so I appreciate sometimes you've got to got to change plan um, but for me personally that's how I like to play the game and I think it's it's, it's a really beneficial way of, of, of approaching FPL and it doesn't mean you can't be flexible as well I think that's important like you've heard me witter on for weeks and weeks and weeks about getting antonio against fulham in game week eight that was my big kind of big fixture that i was excited by because in game week eight obviously liverpool and man city will play each other so spurs are really the only team that that look like they're going to be dangerous this week apart from west ham and i've been looking at uh, getting antonio in but obviously now he's injured so you've got to be flexible um you know once you've looked ahead, don't think right. That's the plan. I've got to get it. I'm. I'm gonna get that. That team at all costs. It's just about weighing up whether a short term move is worth it against a long term. Uh, your like long term strategy. Um, you know, it's something to think about anyway. In in the next few weeks, particularly if you don't own any city players at all, like me, um, I'm certainly going to be looking at De Bruyne and Sterling and possibly even Jesus. Um, if I if I fancy him over Vardy for for game week ten. So, I'm heading into game week eight with my free transfers, and I've got a few options, but I'm, I'm not going to make a, a definite decision until I hear from Lampard and, and Potter tomorrow, just in case Pulisic and Lam, Lampdi are kind of scheduled to play. It's, uh, it's an interesting one when you've got two players who are doubts, because you certainly don't want to jump on one, take the risk, and then realise that he's playing. So, um, that's what I'm, I'm going to do. But I'm going to outline my kind of four options, four or five options that I've got. In terms of what I'm thinking about for my for my transfer this week, and to be honest, none of them are super exciting. I feel I'm a bit of a, a boring, boring FPL player this week. But um, but here we go. So option number one, I guess, is to bench Pulisic, um, which already I'm not too happy about. But to bench Pulisic this week and play Dallas Masu and uh, Masuaku against Crystal Palace um, and Fulham respectively. So I kind of go with a four four two rather than a four. 4- so a three-four-three. Three. So that's the formation that I would end up playing. Now, usually I wouldn't do this. Usually I wouldn't, you know, bench an eight-point-three million-pound midfielder. But if Pulisic can hold value, then I think that Dallas and Masuakiri with those nice fixtures could um, could do quite well this week. And you know, if if I ended up bringing in someone for Pulisic and playing them, there's not necessarily guaranteed that that person's going to out perform dallas or masuaku who let's be fair have been playing quite well recently so that's one option what that then means if i bench bench pulisic is i can trade Lamptey out use just one free transfer to trade Lamptey out if he's confirmed injured and then bring him bring in someone who's a lot cheaper someone around sort of 4.4 4.5 million and raise that extra money that i need in order to do my game week 10 plans so that's a very long term or at least mid-term strategy that i'm considering it keeps the plan alive i can load up on city when i want to later down the line but obviously the con is that it's boring and benching an 8.3 million midfielder doesn't necessarily sit well with me i almost feel like it's better just to accept a bigger hit down the line maybe if i'm desperate to do those moves and and use that 8.3 million to better use this week which leads me on to option number two, which would be to just straight swap uh, Pulisic for Zajic, um, who obviously did really well last week, and then see how he fares against Sheffield United. And if he does really, really well, then I can keep him long term and trade out Son in that three trade move. So rather than it being um, Kane, Pulisic and um, Robertson that would go, it would be Kane, Son and Pulisic now. Sorry, Kane, Son and Robertson. Now again, the advantage to that trade um, would be that I probably will get a higher score this week because Zayech will um, will probably do quite well this week. Although there's no guarantees, obviously, uh, and maybe without Havertz in the side, um, you, know, you could argue either way. Maybe Zayec's, um numbers in terms of his usage will improve, but it could also worsen the team. You know, Havertz could be um, a, a kind of key part of that 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 link-up play. So. Um, but one would think, at least, that Zayec would outperform someone like Dallas or Masuaki this week, right? So that's a, that's an advantage. But then a disadvantage here is that I'm kind of um, kind of forcing myself into taking both Kane and Son out, even if um, even if Tottenham do really really well. So that's the disadvantage there. the The third option would be to drop Pulisic for Bowen, um, or maybe for Nals, but personally I prefer Bowen. And see this as purely a one-week punt with the full intention of using him in that three-trade move that I mentioned, um, you know, later. So he plays Fulham this week, and obviously with Antonio missing, if he's confirmed out, then I feel Bowen will probably play up front. I didn't feel that Haller had a good game at all uh, last week. He kind of looked lost. He didn't offer any kind of threat in the counter attack, and that's kind of how West Ham um, tend to tend to play. So I'm. I, I feel that bowen might um might find himself up front it could be someone like Yarmolenko, granted but um if he does play in a more advanced role then that could be a really nice one week um punt and it, it, yes it's a punt yes it's a risk but Fulham's such a good fixture you know and he could he could easily have a lot of success um a lot of success if he plays there certainly because he he did really well up front when he was um playing for hull in the championship so the only thing I'm worried about a little bit is without Antonio in the team, I feel that West Ham are just not the same side. Um, obviously, Antonio plays as a target man. He's, he's got that strength up top. And will West Ham have the same level of output without Antonio on the pitch? I'm not really sure. And then finally, my last option is to get ahead of the curve, get ahead of what I'm looking to do, and drop Robertson down to Cancelo now. And... Um, because Robertson's obviously playing Man City and Cancelo's playing Liverpool, so it's kind of a like for like fixture. Um the reason I'm saying Cancelo is that he's he's been great recently, obviously. He scored in the Champions League yesterday, but most importantly for me, he's played 90 minutes in the last three games. So with Pep regularly rotating his fullbacks over the last few years, I've kind of stayed away from them. But I think both Walker and Cancelo have looked really, really good because they've both played every um every minute of the last three games. Um, and obviously Walker scored last week, but Cancelo looks far better in terms of his um, his kind of assist potential. So Cancelo's tempting, but again, I would kind of like more time to just assess whether Cancelo is the number one left back now at this at uh, this stage. You know, we got Mendy who could come back after the international break. Zinchenko will surely get minutes over Christmas period. So. That looks like a bit of a short-term move, and there's no point bringing in a Man City defender if they're not going to play in the fixtures like Burnley and 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 Fulham and that kind of thing. So that that would be a tempting pick, sure, but um, I'm I'm again thinking in that in that case, is it better for me to just go for Diaz, who has played every game since he's been at the club? I can't see him really falling to rotation too much uh, in the Premier League, at least. You know, he has he has fallen. To um to the likes of John Stones and stuff in, in in the Champions League, but when it when it comes to the Premier League, that's what Pep wants, I think, in terms of um regaining that. So Diaz might be the safer pick, with obviously 0.1 million more expensive, and that again scuppers my plans to get in De Bruyne and Vardy further down the line. So I've got a bit of a head scratcher to be honest with you, and right now I'm I'm siding with Pulisic to Zidich, I think, or. Lampy to someone like Kilman or Charlie Taylor, but to be honest, even saying that out loud sounds so dull, and I feel that um, you know the potential. I'll probably look back if I make a boring move. I'll look back if I do badly and, and think why? Why wasn't I more adventurous? Whereas at least if I'm a bit more adventurous this week and it goes goes to pot, then at least I've I've kind of given it a go and I've I've thrown my my all at it. So. I will be sleeping on it. That's all I will say. Um, it'll probably be one of those two options: either Pulisic to ZH or Lampard to a, to a defender um, that's slightly cheaper than him. But obviously, it all depends on what Lampard and Potter say tomorrow. So, um, while I'm at work tomorrow, I'll be um, readily checking my phone during the lunch break to um, to see if, uh, if there are any comments released early and obviously it's important again i'll remind you it's important that we do this early because the deadline is at four o'clock so we can't be um can't be waiting to get home you know because um because we'll probably have missed the deadline by then guess at least my captaincy choice this week has already been decided so that's something i don't need to sweat about until the uh, deadline comes so i'm going to leave it there for this podcast um my team for game week eight as it stands at the moment reads martinez um versus arsenal Chilwell versus Sheffield United, Robertson versus Man City, Dallas versus Crystal Palace and Masuaki versus Fulham. Then that leaves me with Salah against City, Grealish against Arsenal, Son against West Brom um, as a kind of midfield three and then Watkins against Arsenal, although I'll probably make a late switch here because I kind of prefer my defensive matchups this week and if, if I either trade out Pulisic or I, I play Lamptey, I'll probably give Watkins a rest just because I feel that a double up against Arsenal when they've been so strong defensively probably isn't the best way forward. Kane as captain against West Brom, hoping for a a, a bit of a, a bit of a haul here because I've had two captaincy blanks on the trot. And then Calvert Lewin against Manchester United, leaving me Lamptey, Pulisic, and Basuma on the bench. Obviously, if there's any hope of Pulisic playing, I'll shove him in the lineup um if I if I don't decide to trade him. Thanks for listening, folks, and make sure you follow at Back4FPL on Twitter and on Instagram to get hold of more content. Otherwise, best of luck for the game week, and I'll catch you in two weeks' time after the international break.